Welcome to Peter Navarro's Taking Back Trump's America podcast. Peter Navarro is one of the only three senior White House officials who remained with President Trump from the 2016 presidential campaign to the end of his first term in office. Under President Trump, Peter Navarro was the director of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, where he served as the policy coordinator for the Defense Production Act during the pandemic. Peter Navarro was the principal architect of Trump's tariff, trade, and tough on China policies. And now, without any further ado, Peter Navarro's taking back Trump's America. Hi, I'm Peter Navarro. It's February 10th, 2023, and the word of the day is hubris. This word came to mind earlier in the week when I happened to catch a few minutes of a Tucker Carlson monologue on Joe Biden. Don't get me wrong here. As I have explained in a previous podcast and in more detail in my book, Taking Back Trump's America, I have, by and large, cut the Fox News cord, given the never-Trump orientation of this faux conservative network. But every once in a while, I like to see what Tucker is up to, just as I like to watch CNN or MSNBC to know what the non-MAGA spin of the day is. On this day, Tucker was doing what he always does so well, which is to ridicule a feeble old mentally diminished man who happens to be president of the good old U.S. of A. And I'm sure it warmed the hearts of the Fox faithful. But Tucker's rant just struck me as hubris, because Biden is far more dangerous than Tucker and company would have us believe. For example, as I will discuss next week in more detail when I debut my documentary miniseries entitled MAGA and the Red Wave That Never Was, I will argue that one of the major things that deep-sixed the Republican red wave in the 2022 election cycle was the surprising ability of Biden and the Democrats to position MAGA Republicans as extremists and domestic terrorists. So yes, we may all agree with Tucker that Joe Biden is a feeble, mentally diminished old man with a spawn from hell of a son, and that both Joe and Hunter are severely compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. Yet, we must not underestimate either Biden or the Democrats in the 2024 election cycle, or we will get our clocks clean. To this point, let us consider one of the key economic issues that is likely to be a big part of the national debate in the presidential election cycle, our ballooning national debt. This issue has taken center stage as our national debt-to-GDP ratio is rocketing over the 100% mark, is scheduled to reach over $40 trillion in just a few years, and service on that debt is going to increasingly eat away at our ability to pay for all the things that government is designed to do, from Medicare, Social Security, and transportation, to national defense. Consider here that it already costs over $200 billion, or 15% of federal spending, just to service the annual debt. And as that debt continues to rise, the Treasury Department has to issue bonds at ever higher interest rates during this inflationary period. As a result, the service on the debt, the interest this debt is going to eat us alive. Cognizant of these implications, Republicans in the House of Representatives have laid down this gauntlet. The House will not raise the debt ceiling unless there are significant spending cuts 
and a deficit reduction is successfully negotiated. Of course, in seeking to raise the debt limit and thereby allowing himself to continue spending like a drunken sailor, Joe Biden is already accusing Republicans of wanting to cut Medicare and Social Security. Yet it is a totally spurious claim. The Republicans have made clear that both Medicare and Social Security are off limits. But, but Biden and the Democrats are going to wave that bloody Medicare and Social Security shirt anyway on the grounds that if you repeat a lie often enough, people will begin to believe it. Be that as it may, the bigger political danger and the real trap that Biden and the Democrats are setting lies in Biden's proposal to levy a tax on billionaires. This is something I have a deep familiarity with because it is actually something that came up in 2017 in the Trump White House when I was serving with Steve Bannon. You may be surprised to learn here that both Steve Bannon and I strongly supported the proposal on both equity and political grounds. I say you may be surprised because in preparation for this podcast, I did some polling on Twitter, Getter, and Truth Social, and was surprised myself to see that nearly two-thirds of those who self-identify as MAGA responded to the poll by opposing such a billionaire's tax. If you were in that camp, hear me out now. Politically, at the time, the Democrats in general and progressives like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren in particular were trying to portray the Trump tax cuts that Steve and I were designing for the middle class as tax cuts for the rich. Steve and I thought, what better way to outflank the Democrats than to get out front on a billionaire's tax, or what Steve and I prefer to call now more accurately as a tax on America's oligarchs. From an equity point of view, I'll speak for myself here, but I think Steve shares this view. I think it would be just fine for people in the top 0.1% of our income distribution to pay a little bit more in taxes. I'm especially thinking here of Marie Antoinette scumbags like Larry Fink and Steve Schwartzman and Ken Griffith and Mark Zuckerbucks. At any rate, in 2017, Steve Bannon and I would have to do battle over the billionaire oligarchs tax with just about everybody else in the West Wing, most prominently the National Economic Council Director Gary Cohn and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Needless to say, Steve and I lost that battle to Cohn and Mnuchin and their Wall Street gaggle, and this was a classic missed opportunity in the Trump administration because both Steve and I correctly understood that we were not just going to cut taxes on behalf of the middle and working classes if we did it right, we were actually going to raise taxes on the richest of the rich. It was pure Bannonite economic populism, and if Donald Trump had bought into the idea, he actually liked it initially, it would have been brilliant. So now Joe Biden is resurrecting that tax for the 2024 presidential race as a way to drive a wedge between traditional Republicans and MAGA Republicans. And by doing so, Joe Biden is about to walk Republicans in the House of Representatives into a classic political trap. The smart thing for Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans who control the House of Representatives to do would be to embrace the billionaire oligarch's tax as part of any negotiations over the debt ceiling and debt reduction. Bundle that tax 
with a strong position to break up the Facebooks and Googles and Twitters of America's social media oligarch world, and you won't get outflanked by a feeble old man and the Democrats. So, as my old boss used to say, let's see what happens here. But it is high-stakes poker, and it has big implications for the 2024 election cycle and Donald Trump getting back into the White House. For now, I'm Peter Navarro with this Taking Back Trump's America podcast. Please post a review of this podcast on iTunes or Google or Apple or wherever you get your podcast as it helps get the word out. In the meantime, why not let your fingers do the walking over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and buy your copy of Taking Back Trump's America today, right now. Please do it. Taking Back Trump's America is the blueprint and battle cry for the modern MAGA movement. And my mission, and the mission of this podcast and book, is to put Donald Trump back in the White House come January 2025. But we are going to need your help. Peter Navarro, out. Look around, but tell me what you see. Every day, more people in the street Too bad, they sent our jobs away In China, they're not workers, they're just slaves People wake, it's a world of trade and greed the CEOs get richer and our jobs all move offshore. Oh.